I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can bow like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. WB Realty, Central Iowa's premier real estate brokerage. WB has all the tools and the resources needed to make your next real estate transaction your best. Go to wbrealty.com to find out more information today. Welcome back to another episode of the Shooter's Touch podcast. We're trying to grow the game of basketball one story at a time here in the state of Iowa. We're back, back in the booth. We took a little bit of time off. March is crazy, you guys know games going on all the time and so schedules got a little bit difficult for everybody to get lined up and so we took a minute or two but now we're back and we're ready to go we got a big one we got Tucker DeVries for the Drake Bulldogs he's the MVC player of the year in his sophomore campaign it was cool to catch up with Tucker and just hear a little bit about what goes into being a Drake Bulldog and how he was able to take such a big step from year one into year two and also obviously what it's like to play for his dad and if they're competitive or not we get into all that. We talk about the team and the run, Arch Madness going down and cutting down the nets in St. Louis. And so this one's fun. We really think you'll enjoy it. Got to do one thing for us. Actually, I take that back two things. Go and give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. And two, tell somebody about Shooter's Touch today. Whoever it is, anyone, maybe the person sitting right next to you right now. Say, hey, Shooter's Touch. It's a good podcast. They're growing the game of basketball. We love it. And we'll love you for doing it. As always, shoot or shoot. Well, Tucker, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Yeah, thank thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Tucker, we're excited to have you on, learn uh, a little bit about uh, what's going on in your path here so far. But uh, recency bias, we got to talk about your guy, uh, Connor Enright, making one shiny moment the other night. What did you, you, you think of that whole deal? <laughs> Yeah, he sent, uh, you know, one of our small group chats. Uh, he said his life is complete. Um, and sent us the, little, the, the little clip, and, uh, you know, we're all really excited for him. Um, you know, he brings it every day, and uh, there's nobody better to show the energy, energy and emotion that uh, goes into March Madness. And um, he just plays with so much emotion. It's it's fun to see, uh, you know, him kind of make that, that clip there. Now, do you think that he would have been on there if it wasn't for the hair, though? I mean, how big of a part did the hair play in that? I'm sure I'm sure it does play a big part, but uh, uh, surprisingly, he actually uh, just got a buzz cut. Um, I know he tweeted out on April Fool's and um, some people didn't believe it, but it, it's yeah, it, it's it's bad. I'll be honest. It's, it's, it's a, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I saw the tweet and I was like, no way that can be true. No chance. Yeah, but it, uh, but it yeah. is accurate, huh? Yeah, it's, it's true. He probably did it two days before that and then he just tweeted it out for good April mm-hmm. Fool's yeah. That's awesome. I feel like he could have. There could have been a little bit more of a transition. Like he could have gone like Mohawk for a little bit and just kind of worked it all the way down to that. But he's been yeah, right for that, it. Yeah, that that's just his personality, though. So it's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> well, while we're on the hair topic here, uh, you started the season with some some locks and some long hair, and we kind of experimented throughout. Um, what are we thinking? Do we have any hair? Anything like what's what's this uh, this third season going to look like? You know, I, I kind of go uh, just day by day, save some money on the, the haircuts by just letting it grow out in the summer. But, uh, you know, I'll just let it grow out. And then one day, you know, I'll wake up and just say, let's go get a haircut today. And, um, you know, sometimes I got the sister, mom, girlfriend always yelling at me to cut it. But, um, you know, it just kind of depends whenever I feel like, you know, spending some money on a haircut and driving to the barber shop. So speaking of apparel then, too, it looked like we were uh, experimenting, trying a few things this year. I know you had the shooting sleeve quite a bit. 
Uh, I think there's a couple games where the tights came out. Even you had the, the full leg, uh, you know, it seemed like maybe towards the end of the year, you settled on the cutoff. And so what walk me through a little bit of the thought process going into the peril um, and figuring out what to wear. I know some of that might've been some injury and some compression thoughts and stuff, but uh, how do those, how do those processes come about and, and uh, why maybe one thing or another? And then what did you ultimately find out that you like more than others? Yeah. I mean, I'd say typically I'm a pretty standard guy, nothing too crazy. Um, just the, you know, regular undershirt, no, no tights, but uh, you know, for the Virgin islands, they all gave us uh, shooting sleeves. And I decided to wear it and it, I happened to play pretty well. So I, I, I kept that going for a little bit. And then once I had a bad game, I got rid of it. And um, then uh, I got, got injured again and I, I was forced to wear the arm sleeve. Um, that didn't last long. Uh, I, I argued that one for, quite a few weeks in practice and I just had to wear it in practice. So I got, I got away with it in games. And then, uh, the tights, uh, um, I have bad knee issues. And last year they had me, uh, try some tights and, you know, I'd kind of go here or there with them. And kind of this year I, I did the same thing and, uh, don't love the look, but you know, I actually do feel a little better, but, um, yeah, I I'd prefer not to have to wear either of them ever again. That's, uh, that's one of those things too. Adam and can attest to this as well. When you start getting older, though, I mean, it starts going. You need some extra compression. You need so it's like we get it, man. I mean, it's something and yeah. uh, that we understand when you're out there that it's like, well, the constant struggle between what looks good and what feels good um, is is definitely a, a real battle. And so, uh, one other thing before we'll actually get into the real meat and potatoes of this, but. Uh, Coming in, your your number twelve jersey was was taken at the time. I don't know when exactly Roman communicated this to you, but uh, were there any other thoughts on on a jersey number? Were you kind of thinking? Were you leaning towards something? And then um, ultimately, uh, what did you think about Roman going ahead and giving up his number for you? Yeah, uh, I mean that just shows a testament to his character. Um, you know, he he's a true leader, true point guard. Um, you know, really just does does a lot for um, this this team on and off the court, and um, you know we'll, we'll miss him a lot. But uh, he texted me on my birthday, happy birthday, and um, it was probably so I committed in the fall, so my birthday's in December, so it was probably a couple months later. And he said happy birthday, uh, and then just said uh, 12 years when you get here. Uh, that, that was happy birthday. So I, I was I thought that was really cool. Um, it made a unique story. So. Um, you know, I was thankful for him that, you know, just kind of give out his number and, you know, he's, he's had a, quite a few numbers in uh, his college career. I think he was 20. Then uh, Nick Norton was 20 when he got here. So he couldn't right. that one. And then um, he went with 12 and then now he's, now he's one with, uh, yeah. And he had, a, he had a great year in one, great two years in one. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what it takes in the pro career. It almost feels weird to think of him actually not in one now. You know I what agree. I mean? Like he's just kind of yeah. that just fits him and fits the position too. So that's good. It almost seemed from an outsider's perspective, you know, me kind of watching, you know, we watched quite a bit of your, you know, a few of your games. Um, you know, that maybe the last half of the year, maybe the last quarter of the year, he kind of turned it on on the offensive end. Was that just how the game flowed to him? towards the last last half last quarter of the year or was there kind of a you know practice or a team meeting saying hey Ro you gotta you gotta score a little bit more than you have been for us to be successful no I I think it just kind of came that came naturally to him um you know he, he was battling a little bit of uh the injury over the the offseason and still coming back you know he probably wasn't 100 percent to start the year and um you know you can just tell him and DJ both both just getting healthier and healthier by each game get more comfortable and and by the end of the year, I mean, Roman was uh, playing it like like one of the best point guards in the country. Um, you know, he, he was really controlling the game, um, being a true point guard, being able to facilitate and score when he needed to. And I think that just, you know, him being healthy and um, he had put in so much time and work and you can see it every day um, in the gym. And um, it really just paid off for him towards the end of the year when he started to get healthy and get a good rhythm. Um, and he, he was he was the best player on the court a lot of the, those games. Man, it was fun to watch. Uh, yeah, obviously you guys had a great season overall, but you know, towards the end of the year, you guys were just clicking. Um, and it was awesome to see, you know, not only in St. Louis, but you know, towards the end of the regular season too, it was just fun. Um, you know, fun to watch. You know, as you mentioned, he was a big part of that. You know, having the ball in his hand a lot. However, let's uh, let's maybe turn back the hands of time here for um, our listeners, Tucker. You know, where did you grow up? How did basketball play into your childhood? Maybe 
just even even middle school and and earlier before that were you uh you know was it always basketball obviously with your dad being a coach i'm sure you were around hoops quite a bit but um yeah where'd you grow up and how did that play in yeah i grew up in uh, omaha nebraska for most of my life uh, my dad was an assistant coach at creighton for 20 years before coming here so um was pretty lucky and fortunate just to be in one spot for most of my childhood um you know i played basketball baseball uh, a little bit of football in uh, golf growing up and then uh you know kind of just stuck with ba- baseball and basketball and, until high school and then um became uh time to you know kind of focus in on one sport or one and a half I, I guess i did play golf in high school but uh you know uh then when we moved here uh, my sophomore year uh you know i went to walkie high school and um was uh, fortunate enough to have a uh, pretty good career there with a bunch of, uh, you know, more talented uh, teammates around me. And um, I just had a blast in the, those high school years. And then, um, you know, it was, uh, again, fortunate enough to stay home and be able to play here at Drake. I mean, awesome story. Um, and, you know, obviously, obviously you're exactly right. Very, very fortunate, you know, as a, as a kid of a, of a college basketball coach to be in that, in that area for so long. You know, I think that's, that, that just, I mean, speaks to how good of a coach your dad is. Um, you know, how much he loves the game. I, you know, maybe a little bit of background here too. He was the main recruiter that recruited me, uh, when I, when I was in high school. So I've known, known him and known his love for the, uh, you know, love for the game for quite a while. As you're growing up, you know, obviously you said you played quite a few, you know, quite a few different sports. When did the, I, I guess, when did football, you know, kind of drop off? When did baseball drop off? Um, you know, as far as other sports outside basketball? Oh, uh, yeah, I played, I'd say actually baseball was probably my main sport uh, growing up. Um, and then about middle school years is when it uh, started to, you know, kind of balance itself out. And you got to decide that's two tough sports to play to play with each other, you know, because once it starts to get pretty serious for basketball, you, you spend almost more times in the summer in basketball. And um, it was just hard to balance. But I, I, I mean, baseball is a sport I loved and um, just dropped that off and right before high school. And then um, football was a little uh, come and go. I I played all, all of middle school. Um, I was just okay and then didn't play my freshman year. And then when we moved here, I got talked into playing about halfway through the year. Um, so halfway through the year and I, you know, just not knowing the offense. I fo- fo- I, I like I like watching football. I, I just – the three-hour practices in the middle of the fall right before basketball season, I, it's just a lot. And then you got to go work out for basketball. And it, I just – it was best for me just – put that one aside but um you know and then uh actually I, I picked up golf um it was a fall sport in high school and um I played a lot growing up and then really started to play some golf in high school and uh my junior year and then now uh it's it's probably an everyday summer uh activity Ooh, I like that I like, nice, like to hear nice. that who who'd yeah. you play AAU for uh over in Omaha uh, I played for Omaha Sports Academy um it was on the Adidas gauntlet uh it actually had a pretty decent team with, uh, I don't know if you guys know Hunter Salas um, from Gonzaga. He actually just entered the portal. But, um, yeah, we had a pretty decent pretty decent squad. Um, and then I, I stayed playing with them even when we, we moved over um, to Iowa. Yeah, sounds like it might be a good Drake Bulldog right there if he just got in the portal. So. Yeah. <laughs> shout out here. Shout out. Um, <laughs> what, uh, uh, what position were you playing on baseball? I'm assuming I'm, I'm thinking pitcher, but uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong there. Yeah, more when I was younger, um, I, I pitched quite a bit. And then um, as I started to get older, it was more first, third, you know, kind of the taller positions. Not a lot yeah. of um, mobility for the middle infield. <laughs> right. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Over to your other sport, you know, you mentioned golf. What's uh, uh what's your game like? You bombing it off the tee or you uh, you more finesse around the, around the greens? What does that look like? I'd say when I first started, it was, you know, just bomb away and, you know, hope for the best. Uh, but, you know, as I've gotten, you know, better and played a lot more, I've, I've learned that uh, that's that's not what's going to uh, get you a little score. So I've, um, you know, I've fine-tuned some things, you know, a little straighter, a um, little more touch. Um, and it's it's come a long ways from, from where we first started. So who's the best on the team that you guys went out? Uh, me. Really? It's not even close? <laughs> not not yeah, even thinking not. about it, huh? Does anybody else even play like regularly? I'm trying to think uh, if I could see yeah. any of those guys. Uh, Garrett Sturts and Nate Ferguson. Um, okay. Nate Nate could be good uh, if he played a little more. Um, he's got a decent swing on him. And Garrett just started picking up a club during COVID, and he's got the baseball swing. So he, he bombs away as well. And uh, But he, he's gotten better as well. We play quite a bit. And a couple of the coaches play. Other than that, players, it, 
it's a little ugly if you saw a couple of them soon flop. That could that could change though as they get a little bit older. Yeah. Somebody like DJ, I could see like taking up the game and like being really good. He's kind of long and lean. Yeah, and... DJ, uh, he I've seen him swing a club um, around the range. He he needs some work, but he's an athlete, so I, I think he could he right. could figure it out for sure. Yeah, he's one I could see uh, could see doing that as well. So I don't know yeah. about Roman swing though. That one uh, <laughs> that might be might, might might be past help, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right. So you're you're the best on the team on the course. Who's the best on the coaching staff? And then is that person better than you? No. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Marty. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen Marty play, but I he's not. He. Um, what about your dad? Your dad's probably he plays, doesn't he? What yeah. About, he plays what about the head coach? Plays quite a bit. Um, he's lost a little bit of a uh, pop in the in the driver and. Uh-huh. Um, but he's all right. Uh, I'd say I haven't seen Marty play, so I'd say I got. I have no idea. Uh, Marty or my dad probably, and then Nick Norton plays a little bit. I've played a couple times. Okay. Um, but Matt Gatons, uh, he he can hit it. He he's actually better than me. Uh, but he really no longer on the staff. So, um, but he he's he's a good one. That's that's funny. Is it is there so what can your dad beat you in now? Anything? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, mm. Everything else is is right. You know. He, you know. He, we have. Uh, I have never. He claims I've never beat him in one on one. Um. He he stopped playing when it, uh, playing. he had to cheat to win. So. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you gotta understand. This is a, that's a tough time for a dad when all of a sudden, like, especially a competitive dad that played, now all of a sudden mm-hmm. son can beat him in everything. It's not that's not an easy day for yeah. him. So you gotta take it easy on him a little yeah. bit. Yeah, he was really upset when I started beating him on the course because that, that, that was one thing he could lean on. And then... I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, so okay, let's go back to basketball um, here real quick. So you, you mentioned grew up in Omaha. You know, dad gets a job here at Drake. Uh, Y'all moved to Waukee, playing for Waukee. What was that? Uh, obviously, a little bit out of the ordinary for you, with your dad being a head coach now. Um, what was what was the recruiting process like? You know, with you, when did that kind of kick up? You know, was it before high school? Was it just in high school? Hey, now I'm a freshman. Now, you know, I'm getting letters and calls and stuff like that. Um, what was that recruiting process like for you? Yeah, obviously, it was a little unique. Um, I was probably honestly, I mean, it started my junior year. Summer before my junior year, um, after moving here, I played my sophomore year here and then um, went to like uh, one of the new, they had like some newer rules. Um, We were like the first class to kind of go through the new like summer camp rules um, where they had like different live periods. And I went to an event there and um, played with a couple of the Iowa guys against like some Missouri kids and Midwest kids. And um, that that was kind of when it took off um, June in between sophomore and junior year. And uh, once, you know, the first offer came, it, um, they, they shortly followed, um, you know, I think the first one was South Dakota state, you know, the air force, uh, Drake, and then, um, you know, the high majors kind of, uh, kind of spread out after that, but, um, it was definitely a little interesting, you know, each school, you know, kind of calling and figuring I was coming here, but, uh, you know, just kind of trying to figure it out and it probably scared away a couple of, um, schools, but, um, you know, it was, it was a good process, you know, it kind of uh, stunk. I had to do it during COVID. didn't get to take very many visits, but um, I think I, I found the right place at home. You know, was your dad kind of hands off and just say, you know, Hey, we offered you, obviously that's here, but you know, was he hands off just there if you needed some answers? Um, how did that kind of relationship work at least in the recruiting process? Yeah. I wouldn't say there was, you know, too much, uh, you know, table talk on that dinner about, you know, where, where are you going to school? It's, um, you know, I had my high school coach was a little involved. Um, he, he actually, Justin Ole, he coached here at Drake for a little bit and, um, was fortunate enough to have a great high school coach that I could talk to about it. But I felt like I was in a pretty good spot of, you know, of understanding what Drake had, what Creighton had, what Iowa State had, um, you know, the schools that were realistically an option and I actually committed on the golf course. It was about the ninth hole and I hadn't told him and I, I was like, I got to tell him at some point and I, I topped it. And I was just like, my head was all over the place. And I finally, I was just like, Hey, I want to, I want to come to Drake. And he, <laughs> and I, I don't even know. I think we just picked up and, and left. <laughs> I, I don't even know. What say. But, yeah. So there, there wasn't much, uh, you know, conversation to be had. Um, he did, 
he did join because uh, during the time it was COVID, I had a visit, online visit with uh, Iowa State, and that that was a little interesting, you know, having him and you know, good friends with Prome at the time, and uh, you know, just being on the call together was, you know, a little unique, but it, it was it was good. And so you said uh, Iowa State and then Creighton. I I thought I had heard some at some point that like Oregon was it Oregon that maybe had a yeah. pretty good chance at or- it too. Oregon and Oregon and Florida were in there as well. Um, you know, Dana, my dad coached with Dana Altman for quite a while. Dana was, you know, um, when I was at a young age, he was, he was very involved, but, um, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't, I don't know where I would have gone if it wasn't home. I, I really couldn't tell you. I, um, you know, I, I was trying to decide if, if home was what I wanted to do. And if that wasn't what I wanted to do, then I would go explore those options and make it known and, um, you know, kind of decide from, from there. But, uh, you know, when I decided I wanted to come to Drake, I, I, I was happy with that decision, and I think it's played out pretty well. Yeah, I would say uh, it's uh, worked out really well for you here in uh, the first couple of years. And so let's let's get into that. So you you finally get that off your off your chest a little bit. It sounds like you know you kind of knew the answer, but uh, you wanted to give yourself a fair shot and give everybody else a fair shot. And so then once you committed. Um, you got on campus, obviously you kind of already knew some of the guys. I mean, it's a, a unique situation, but, um, what was that, uh, what was that adjustment like when you getting on campus and, you know, kind of becoming a bulldog in that first summer? Like, what do you remember? Like, were there a couple deer in the headlight moments where you're like, Oh, geez, this is, this is another level. Yeah. There was a lot of them. I think that that was COVID year. So a lot of the guys like Tramel tank um you know that that were in my position you know took that extra year of eligibility that um you know coming in i probably wasn't expecting but uh, i i couldn't be more thankful that 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 was able to happen because i learned so much um from those two guys um you know with their speed their athleticism and just being able to go up against those guys every day and you know learn from them i i've i mean i've told a lot of the high school guys that i'm still close with i mean it, it happens fast. Um, you know, it, it's, a, you got to adjust quick. Um, you can't get away with the old habits of just being bigger, stronger, faster than everybody. Cause I was not, might've been a little bigger, but I wasn't stronger or faster than anybody. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, just, you know, taking it every day and trying to learn from everybody. And um, I know that that summer was, um, you know, we had talked about red shirting coming in cause I didn't know we, me and my dad both didn't know what it, what it would be like. Um, you know, showing up on campus with, uh, I mean, we had one of the oldest rosters in college basketball and we didn't really know that, I, that I was going to be playing or in that rotation until, um, probably two weeks before the season, three weeks before the season when, um, you know, real practices started to kick up. Yeah. And so that's, that's interesting because even COVID and I, I guess I want to go back real quick. Cause obviously your, your senior year, you guys finished on top, um, winning the state title with the Waukee. And as you mentioned, a talented group, um, of you guys that have gone on, obviously yourself and Peyton, and we'll soon see what Omaha's got shaken. Um, and then price right there too. And so unbelievable. I mean, it's obviously a team in which that, uh, will continually be argued as where do they fall in the state's all time best teams and, and all that fun stuff, which makes it fun for the talking heads and us and, and all the bars across Iowa come, come state tournament time every year. Uh, but take us through a little bit of that, that run, I guess, for your senior year, before we get too far into Drake, as far as winning that state championship, playing with those guys, and then ultimately just the playing in front of just your family and friends without having that crowd there for that uh, state championship. Yeah. Um, I'll actually, I'll start my junior year. Um, we played the the semifinal um, in front of like one of the largest crowds um, in the state tournament. And um, we won. And then that night they told us there's uh, 70 tickets per, per team for the state championship. And uh, that, that was a unique environment. Um, I, I'll tell you that. And so then that, that was kind of right when COVID was starting to peak or take off and, two days later, we find out we're, we're not playing basketball for three months. And then, um, you know, so it made for a, a unique summer. Um, and then, you know, obviously with Omaha coming in, um, Malik Allen as well, who's actually the leading scorer in 4A the year before having COVID and not, not a ton of time to, you know, kind of work together with all the new pieces. And um, you wouldn't be able to tell, um, you know, that, that my senior year, that group, we, we, were, we just had so much fun. Um, we, we all had uh, one goal, goal in mind and we all knew how talented uh 
you know, everybody else was on the court with us. And it was so fun to be able to, you know, experience that with them to have so many talented um, players like, you know, Omaha, Price, Peyton, uh, Malik, you know, we had other, other pieces that, you know, most high school teams would love to have outside of that. And, you know, it, it was a fun journey. And, you know, I think at the time, it just feels like like growing up, you look you look for the state state championship. I mean, obviously you have, you know, some bigger ambitions, um, you know, growing up, but like your ultimate goal is to win a state championship with your high school because you're so close with that community and just being able to do it with those guys and have so much fun and to go out on top my senior year was, um, you know, I couldn't ask for a better, uh, you know, high school career than what I had there at Waukee. Did I have, so I had that mixed around. So did you guys have a normal crowd for your, for that state championship or was that your junior year that they did not, that uh, you had the limited? Yeah. My junior year was like the, it was a normal the limited crowd. And it literally, I mean, that's the year the tournament got canceled and it just dropped on us. Then my senior year was, you know, the whole, the regular season was kind of, uh, oh, you know, right started out with like you had four tickets then it, uh, you got eight tickets and 20 students and then by the end of the year I mean we probably had 500 people in there which I I, I really wish um, you know especially that group we would have been able to have a, a, a full fan base um, my senior year I feel like you know we would have had some really cool high school environments especially for the state of Iowa and kind of seeing what Omaha and Price had this year and just how awesome that is for the the state, um, you know, those environments and, you know, um, but then, yeah, my senior year uh, state tournament, we, it was, I'd say 80% capacity. I don't know what it was, but it was yeah. full it enough. Was, it was close. It was closer to normal. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, even after things kind of opened back up, it still took another year, year and a half to really kind of open up. And I've, it almost felt like this year's state tournament was really the first one that was like, oh, okay, this is kind of back to, to pre-pandemic stuff. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting to see. And so while we're on this topic too, I mean, you, you must just be, I know you mentioned it, but you're a little bit of a sports junkie. I mean, you love to take in these games. Um, yeah, I know that you went to some of the high school and some of the state tournament games, most of the women's games that I've been to, I've seen you at. Um, I even went to one uh, women's soccer game at uh, Drake Stadium, and you were there. So, I mean, is this something that you just uh, just love taking in sports? Or are you just looking for something to do? Or, or what's the deal with uh, you finding your ways to all these athletic events? Yeah, I think, um, you know, with Price and, um, you know, Cade and Omaha in, in high school, um, you know, I tried to go out and support a couple of their games. I think I went to two or three of each of their games. And then, um, you know, I, me and my, me and Connor and uh, one of our teammates, Andrew, we, we make it to a lot of sporting events, um, you know, all across. I think we made it to every football game, home game, which was, um, you know, nice. And then, you know, a couple soccer games, uh, softball games, and, you know, we're, we're kind of at everything. So. No, that's awesome. Like, I'd love to see it too. And obviously you're, you're somebody that uh, people are going to notice too and take note of when you're there supporting, supporting your fellow athletes and bulldogs as well. And so, uh, no, that's, that's awesome. Fun to see. And uh, yeah, following your journey through high school. And like you said, just getting a short taste of it. Cause you know, we only got the three years, but uh, had known of you or heard of you for quite a while. It was fun to watch your growth in high school. And so um, now fast forwarding back to you being becoming uh, a bulldog and being on campus at Drake, you mentioned that going in uh, to that first year, you had a lot of those guys coming back. It was something that you saw. I mean, since your dad took the position, uh, you know, all they do is win 20 plus games. And so brought in a lot of guys and uh, had had a lot of success. And so walk me through the first couple of practices and trying to find your spot in a way that you can contribute to the team because you know in high school you ran uh, the point most of the time and you were kind of dictating you know where things were going to go um you know you would play off the ball every once in a while but I would have to assume that that uh, changed pretty quickly once once you guys got into the thick of practice and so what was that like for you trying to make that adjustment from you know I mean you had a super talented high school team but being one of the man to being like okay how do I how do I get on the floor yeah I think you know the first thing that you know, stands out from my freshman year, uh, those first couple, couple weeks, couple months was it, I, biggest thing was I, I just had to make shots and survive on defense, um, you know, but I, I was fortunate enough to actually have a pretty good um, first two months of the summer, um, you know, shot it pretty well and 
um, just started to get more comfortable every day. And, you know, as I got more comfortable, I was able to do a little bit more um, with the ball in my hands as, as well. Um, you know, I'd say coming into college, uh, I don't think me, my dad, the staff, nobody really knew how much I'd, I'd be able to do because, you know, in high school, predominantly had the ball. But then um, coming into college, you know, being able to make plays at, at that forward spot um, was, you know, a little iffy at first. And then, you know, as I got comfortable, it kind of expanded and it's probably grown each each day and still growing into, into this year and hopefully grow, expanded even more into next year. Well, yeah. And I mean, we we, we kind of talk about your freshman year like you know, you were trying to feel things out or whatever. I mean, you still averaged 13 and nine. It was something like you said, you found your, or sorry, 13.9 points per game. You know, you found your, your spot and your role on a team, on a veteran team. That that had to have been big though for you too, to be able to kind of one, see what those guys are doing and kind of understand and just learn from observing. Obviously they're giving you advice along the way too, but also being able to like in games, you know, be able to lean on them a little bit as well. Whereas, you know, other, other places you could have came in and been like, Hey, Tucker, you know, we 20 and night or we don't have a chance. And so what was that like for you to, in that first year to be able to be like, yeah, you know what? I can defer to these guys and these guys know what they're doing. You know, the situation I walked in, I can't be more thankful for, you know, the group I had around me that, you know, just embraced me with open arms. Um, you know, they, they believed in me from day one, they instilled a lot of confidence in me. Um, and they, you know, they, they knew I'd, I'd make mistakes and they, they, you know, embraced that and, um, were helping me learn each day, um, with me. And, you know, we, we kind of just grew together, um, as a group, um, you, like, um, looking back at that year, you couldn't really tell the age difference. And, um, there was a big one, um, you know, I was, I think, the only guy under 20 playing and I was 18. So, uh, but it was, uh, it was a fun, fun team to be a part of. Um, I think each year has been different um, both years, but th that team was definitely a, a fun team to be a part of, um, you know, much more athletic, being able to learn with those guys. And then, um, you know, they, they instilled a lot of confidence in me throughout the years, you know, I got more comfortable and uh, my role kind of changed throughout the year, especially with some some injuries that took place. Yeah, that was uh, was a good good debut, good freshman year to kind of tell. Um, I know us and a lot of people watching were like, "Ooh, okay!" Like, there's there's definitely a lot of potential here. Anxious to see what uh, what the future holds. I will say though, you must have found the fast forward button because going from that to then Missouri Valley uh, Player of the Year was quite the jump. And so, what was the biggest difference? What do you think, other than I mean, what you put? I you had to put on how much 10 pounds worth of muscle i mean you got i mean you you put the weight on to be able to come back that your sophomore year and so other than other than getting in the weight room and putting in some of that work what do you think was the biggest difference jumping from your freshman year to your sophomore year um you know two things probably stand out is that you know just the comfort comfort that you know year two brings of you know you know i've kind of done it year one and everything kind of slows down in year two um you know you feel more comfortable um, you, you know what needs to get done in the off season and in the season to, you know, be ready for, for game time. And, um, and then the second thing is just, I mean, I thought that was my biggest off season, um, you know, just the amount of hours put in and, um, not just on the quarter in the weight room, you know, really take care of my body with eating, sleeping right. Um, which is something I, I, I really struggled with at, at first, you know, there's a lot of Dr. Peppers and ice cream. I, I still could cut out a little bit of ice cream, but, um, yeah, the the um the off season was just, you know, the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, I I knew I had goals of um, you know, helping this team team win and um just doing everything I could to get there and um, you know, like you said, putting on weight. Um, I actually lost uh 4 pounds during the off season but lost like 3% body fat. So, definitely looked a lot different than than year 1. You know, coming in the freshman year, I I that summer I put on a ton of weight, um, just lifting and eating like crazy to try and put on to be able to survive. And then I felt a little slower. So then I, um, year two, he was kind of, you know, losing, losing that bad weight and putting on good weight. And that's something I, and I know Adam and I have talked about this too, and we've all, whether us personally or teammates that we've played with in college, like that's the thing too, is like you get there and you're killing these protein shakes and you're doing whatever you can to put on this weight and then trying to turn it into muscle. And then, like you said, you kind of start catching some of that bad weight and you're like, this isn't, yeah, I mean, this isn't where I want to be. Even LeBron did that, you know, he got so big and then he got so lean and it's just like finding where you're comfortable at and you know, what makes the most sense for you. 
Um, like you said, you got to be able to be able to hold your base and have some weight to be able to push around and, you know, help yourself on defense. And so it's, it's finding that, um, finding that rhythm. And then how much Luka Doncic film are we watching? Is this something that you're breaking down? I mean, if we're drawing comparisons across, I mean, this pretty high feet, but is this something that are you looking at any of his stuff and, and adding and developing your game or, or who do you emulate your game after the most? kind of pull pull things from everybody um but yes there's there's a lot of luca watching um you know maybe more as a fan of just you know his game and you know just enjoying it uh for what it is less than you know trying to emulate him because i i don't think it's possible um you know he, he's one of a kind um you know maybe our maybe our body types are the same but when i when i go out and try and practice what he practice does in a game it, it does not end well or what it looked like on tv so i've I've decided to just, you know, maybe I see one move, maybe not add the combo to it, but, um, you know, I, I think him, I, I watched a lot of Jason Tatum. Um, and then obviously uh, grew up watching a lot of Doug McDermott in college and his game It's probably the closest comparison I could have to what my college game is like. Yeah. Doug's a good one too. And that's something I think specifically as you, you know, move through levels, I mean, thinking about Doug at Creighton and his, ability to just bury people in the post to, you know, being a three and D guy now in the league for as long as he has, um, you know, it's an interesting progression. And I think that that's something too, that is a good example, a good blueprint for you, you know, to find your way to make, kind of make those same steps to, to have that same career. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, yeah, there's definitely some comparisons to Luca, although, Luca kind of manipulates the pick and roll a little bit more. If I understand it correctly, you prefer the ISO, right? You want you kind of want to work in space and in late clocks, or what's uh what's the preference for you? Yeah, it kind of depends on matchup. You know, sometimes a lot of times this year they would blitz ball screens or double the ball screens. So late in shot clock, I'd you know I'd rather just have space and be able to shoot over the top of them than have two defenders come running at you and make then you got to make a pass and a lot of times they're rotating to and there's not a lot of time for that so um you know late shot clock you know the size i have and being able to get off a shot is you know typically a little easier for me than um trying to speed around a second defender coming at me well yeah and i and i think that that's something that was huge and you could tell you know you get into your spots too when you felt comfortable and kind of where you wanted to get on the floor and how big of a difference it was i mean i think that's something kind of leading into to my next question too but you know your usage rate in the half court is something that i think i would assume that you guys have talked about of, of a possible increase here as you move forward uh into next year as some of the pieces start to change and your the dynamic of the team looks a little bit different going into next year but before we get to the team what do you think for you and and something that you know this offseason you would like to take a look at to continue to improve your game and uh, give you the best opportunity to help this team win? You know, the biggest thing is I need to have another strong year, you know, developing my body, um, you know, looking past this year and um, into my future career. The biggest thing is going to have to be able to speed up and move, especially on the defensive end, you know, be able to guard um, at the next level. But um, for this coming year, I mean, that included being able to guard, um, you know, don't know the lineups we're going to have out there, but um, there, there's going to be times I'll probably be asked to, guard you know one of the one of the better players this year where that was for sure not the case um the last two years um but dj's that's dj's job <laughs> yeah I, I leave that to the quick guys um but yeah uh the, the this offseason you know it'll be a lot of you know just fine-tuning things um you know just putting on hours and hours of um just the simple stuff you know nothing too crazy um trying to get to spots more you know making making more reads and adjustments to you know, how, how teams guarded me this year. Um, you know, I can probably expect a little bit more of that this year and even probably more than what was um, last year. But uh, just, you know, getting to spots, you know, staying confident in um, my shot, you know, had a little bit of up and down down year um, shooting the ball. But, you know, just staying on balance, um, you know, being able to shoot on the move, um, probably – have the ball in my hands a little bit more this year, you know, with Roman gone, um, just being able to make plays for, for others. But, you know, cause when you lose uh, what Roman provided, you know, somebody's going to have to get in the paint and, you know, make plays, plays for others. And, um, you know, just playing out of the ball screens out of the ISO situations and being able to, um, you know, get a bucket when we, when we really need one and, you know, being able to find other guys when, when they need to get involved. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, like you said, it will, the dynamic will definitely change. But not only on your team too, but the way that you're covered. And, you know, you're going to see a lot more double teams. Um, you know, like you said, some blitz coverage on that. But uh, it'll be interesting too with the team dynamic. And uh, you know, Connor Enright, one that we talked about earlier too, and his ability to get downhill and get in the paint. You know, so you mentioned your your ability to you know sprint to corners or shoot on the move type of deal. It'll be. It'll be fun to watch uh, yoga. Are we getting into yoga? What's the deal? Have you have we done any yoga yet? Here and there, I've you know I've been told it's gonna help, and I've I I'm not a very big yoga guy. I need to do more of it, and but you know it, we'll see. Um, I, I probably I'll stick with it for about two weeks, and then you know skip a day, and then skip the next day, and then you know then it just transpires from there. Uh, man, I was st- stretching yoga, totally not my vibe, but yeah, it would be one thing that I think that, uh, you know, would make a, would make a huge difference. I get where it's hard, but I don't know. You got to talk some of your teammates, somebody in to, to get you go somewhere or do something, you know? I think, yeah, I think there's a couple of them that did do it in the morning. I know Tank Tank did it a little bit. Um, uh, Shanquan Hemphill did, and then DJ Rowe might have done it a little bit. They're, they're a little hit and miss as well, but yeah, I know some of them had done yoga, so I... I probably should take that up, but it's, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. No, it'd be a good thing. Like I wish, I mean, you get to my age and then you can't get out of bed. It's one of those things where you wish that uh, <laughs> you wish that you would have done yoga a long time ago. It really wasn't a thing when Adam and I were in school, but um, so well, good. So then as far as the team, then as we start to look forward to next year, super excited. Obviously this year was just a dream run. Um, I know Adam alluded to it, but Actually, before we get to next year, let's talk. I mean, St. Louis was just a dominant. I mean, you guys just went down to St. Louis and just took care of business. So take me a little bit on uh, a little Arch Madness and what that experience was like for you and and the opportunity to obviously bring home a championship. Yeah, I think, you know, coming off the, the Bradley loss, um, you know, was definitely a painful one. And then, you know, I had a couple of days to, you know, kind of reflect and then move forward to St. Louis. Um, you know, we were a hungry group. A lot of the, these guys, we knew DJ, Roman, Garrett, th- this was it for them. Uh, no matter no matter the outcome, you know, this this is their final, final year, no more COVID years. And, you know, just being able to do it for those three and th- those guys. And first game's always, in my opinion, the toughest. Uh, you know, we had, you know, quite a showing fan-wise. And t- to go down there on a Friday and lose first game would really suck. So, we made sure that we didn't make piss all the fans off. And then, you know, moving into, you know, uh, Saturday, we played Southern. Uh, wasn't a, wasn't our hottest start. Wasn't the greatest start down nine, nothing with the blink of an eye. And, but you know, that, that was our group and we just kept fighting. And then next thing, you know, we were up 15, 16 and kind of just controlled the rest of the game and, you know, moved into Sunday and we felt like we had a lot to prove. Um, you know, we, we wanted it uh, really bad. And I thought we were playing great basketball and we, as a team effort, um, I thought it was one of the most dominant team efforts um, from everybody across the board and just, you know, doing their job and, you know, their assignment, everybody's assignment. And just, you know, I thought we controlled the game from start to finish. And, you know, it, it was definitely a memory I'll, I'll never forget. And to be able to do it for the seniors that, you know, had put so much work into, you know, building this program and be able to go to the NCAA tournament with them for their final year was was definitely special. Well, that's what it felt like. I mean, watching from a from a fan's outsider's perspective, it just felt like there was a sense of, hey, we're not going to lose for these seniors. Like, that's just the vibe that was, you know, you could feel um, through watching you guys play. And, you know, and even just watching the different the different energy level and you know, having, you know, watched 12, 15 of your games throughout the year, like I kind of know how you guys ebbed and flowed a little bit, but like you were locked in, it felt like from the start and then just things just started clicking. And like I said, it was like that extra little push of like, Hey, we're going to do this for these seniors. And so then you go and you blow out um, Bradley in the, in the rematch um, after, like you said, just playing them what a week, a week earlier, their place, which, that environment was nuts too. I mean, talk, talk to me quickly about that, uh, going over there to Carver and that experience with obviously a regular season title on the line. Um, that was a good game too. I mean, you guys had opportunities down the stretch, obviously let it get away, but that environment and just everything that was going on, they played well that night too, or that day too. But, uh, what was that experience like playing playing in front of that packed house? Yeah, that was, you know, definitely one of the, the biggest, you know, and I'd, I'd even say one of the coolest environments I, I've played in, um, especially on the road. 
Um, you know, there's probably 11, 12,000 fans there. And I don't think a single one of them was wearing blue. Um, I think we had about five parents behind our bench and that was about it. And, um, but, you know, it was, it was a fun game, you know, a game I'll still remember. And, you know, it was a fun experience. Obviously didn't go the way we wanted it to, but just playing in that environment. Um, and, you know, after the game, we knew we, we didn't have our best that night. Um, you know, talking me, Ro, Garrett, a couple of seniors, just talking, just, something was off. Um, we all felt it and we, none, none of us really, you know, brought what we, we usually could bring to the table. And, um, you know, I think in hindsight, it was probably the best thing for us. I'm um, heading into St. Louis. Um, you know, we, we knew we were still this, the same team that had just won 10, 11 games in a row. And I don't remember what it was, but, um, you know, we just had to get back to playing with that edge and um, that spirit. And four days later, we, we really bounced back and, you know, we're able to play well. In a big way and won the one the one that mattered the most. And so obviously uh conference title, I know that that's gotta be something that's you know on your guys' list of of accomplishments of goals uh at the beginning of the year. Um, but now all of a sudden now we have to turn our sights to NCAA tournament. And so take me to selection Sunday. What was uh what was a little bit of the vibe and what were you guys thinking? Had you heard like what seeds were you kind of thinking that 11 12 line or what was what was the thought going into selection sunday yeah i mean i think we were pretty confident we were going to be on that 12 line you know maybe fall into that 13 11 but um you know I, going into selection sunday I, I was just you know i was happy to you know just be able to soak it all in um you know you don't know how many opportunities you're going to have to be able to hear your name called on selection sunday just being able to experience that and just kind of enjoy the moment with the group of guys. And I didn't really, you know, care too much of who we were playing. I, before, before the fact, I, I think I, I was hoping we were going to go to, when I saw San Diego state and Orlando, I was like, Oh, please be us. I'm glad that was not us. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Based on how that turned out. But uh, I think, you know, we, we played a good Miami team and, you know, um, you know, we were, we were excited at the time and um, you know, I thought we, we had a decent draw and, you know, just at the last few minutes, just were unable to capitalize. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. So on paper, you know, and admittedly didn't didn't watch a lot of Miami basketball, obviously knew that they were athletic. They obviously, you know, had the ACC player of the year. Um, and so it was one of those things where it's like, OK, you know, this is this is a little bit of a of a tough matchup on paper. But admittedly, myself, I was like, man, the way that these guys are playing and the way that you guys are playing for each other shit I had you going to the sweet 16 so I was like yeah let's go let's go get Miami you know I was excited about that opportunity and like you said I mean you guys came out hit him in the mouth I mean that was I mean to think about that team um and then the run that they would proceed to go on afterwards and I mean you guys you know up and uh, up until UConn would really kind of gave them their their toughest run um had all the opportunities down the stretch and had to be something that obviously not the result that you or anybody wanted, but there had to have been a lot of lessons that were learned, a lot of takeaways, not only from the process and just, I mean, we talk about this a lot too, from coaches on the podcast, like you got to go and you got to experience the state tournament. You got to go and you got to experience the NCAA tournament to be able to really kind of go and win. Like you're not going to show up your first time very often and, and just make a run. And so did you feel like there was a bunch of things in which that, you know, yourself and, and the team was able to take away from that experience? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously you, you want to end the game and with a win. And but, you know, I think when you look back, um, especially I mean, that first week was really tough. Um, you know, it, each day it slowly got better. But I mean, that last day is probably one of the hardest moments um, I've had to go through, especially just the way things happen. But you know, I, as time's gone on, I've, I've began to, you know, just kind of reflect on, you know, the positives of, you know, what, what has happened that year, this year, and um, the, the memories we'll have from playing in the NCAA tournament. And for that group of guys, um, you know, as, as seniors, that's, that's the last game and I'm on the NCAA tournament and I'm, you know, only one team ends the year as a champion and um, just kind of, you know, trying to live by that and just, um, knowing that we we still made our our goal of making it to the NCAA tournament, and if that's how your season ends, I mean, I'd say that's a pretty successful one. So, um, I think the biggest thing is just you know when you reflect and look back at it is just you know trying to you know take away the positive memories and then um, you know use it for motivation for this next year, of course. And you know I've um, obviously super motivated it, it, it and get the itch to get back there and 
um, you know, obviously feel like I have a lot to prove um, on that stage, but, you know, we're, there's, there's a lot of time, um, a lot of unknowns to get there. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to, to, you know, change the script a little bit. And just being able to raise the floor. I mean, that's something like you just kind of think about, you know, both you and, you know, even more importantly, your dad, but, you know, since your dad's been on campus at Drake, just the ability to raise the expectations each and every year to the point on where it's like getting to the NCAA tournament is such a big deal. And that was such an awesome run. And like I said, the the way in which that you guys showed out in that game in the NCAA tournament to now being like, all right, like, what is the NCAA tournament? What is What does it look like to win a game? I mean, these are all real things that uh, are coming to light for the Drake Bulldogs. And so, like you said, it's something that continue to continue to look at and to have a goal and to reach for and to continue to strive and get better. And so with that transition into then this coming, this off season. So what does this off season kind of look like for you guys? And as far as like trying to figure out, obviously you got some holes to fill, you know, you lose well, four seniors um, with Calhoun stepping out too. That was a, a nice addition to bringing in somebody of his level and athleticism too, to add to the team. And so you add him to DJ and Roman and Sturtz. Uh, you guys got some got some holes to fill, but uh, you know you guys got some nice pieces too. And so, what are you looking forward to, and what are you excited about about as far as the team and what you can build on for next year? Yeah, obviously, there's you know the team will the team will look a lot different next year. Not still not quite sure what that's going to look like until we all come together in, in June, and hopefully we can get couple of transfer commits here in the next few weeks um, um still the, the same goal um the same focus it might look a little different um the day-to-day -day might look a little different having to start over again you know putting in the basics and still the basic habits for a lot of new guys and um you know still have connor um you know back coming back nate eric and you know hopefully a couple of the waivers for some other guys to you know help us uh, run it back again and uh but i think the, the goal still stays the same for us. Um, you know, I think we, I think nobody has higher expectations um, than, than the people in the locker room. And I think we're all going to work hard, um, you know, and we'll get to know a little bit more who's going to be on the court with us. But, um, you know, I'm excited. Uh, it's kind of, you know, flipping the page of um, kind of that first wave of, of guys that, that came in with my dad and, um, you know, just kind of turning that page into the, the next, um, I'd say, era of Drake basketball and um, seeing where we can take take this program and hopefully we can just build on the, the foundation that those guys laid for us and um, the culture that they brought to Drake and, um, you know, just continue to build on that and, you know, continue to raise these expectations for Drake basketball. Yeah, well, we're super excited about it. You know, as Brian mentioned, you know, raising that floor since, you know, your dad took over um, and since you got there actually too. Um, has been super exciting for the area. You know, I know my my son is a is a huge Drake fan. He wants to go to every single game, wants me to bring him to every single practice. And so, you know, that's been that's been very fun in my household, you know, having somebody to follow around here and being able to go to those games. So, you know, kudos to y'all and uh, you know, the team. And it will look different next year, but you know, I think, you know, having that groundwork laid, you know, with you, with some of the other guys coming back kind of getting a lot of experience. I'm excited to see him step into a new role too. So definitely excited about next year, but uh, here to end the podcast, Tucker, we like to end it with a little section we call rapid fire. Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, some about hoops and some not. Um, and you let us know what comes to your mind first. It's a little, little glitchy. So I'll, I might be a little second behind. <laughs> that might be I'm me. Just... You're all right. We'll get that rapid. We call it rapid fire, but uh, we haven't had very many people actually be very rapid in this part, but that's fine. That's this is what it's, this is the fun part. Hopefully we didn't ruin this one earlier, but uh, what's your what's your favorite or the best road venue in which that you've played in? There's a couple. You and I, just because it's it's a rivalry game, um, super competitive, you know, every year. And then, um, you know, not not one we still play in, but the Loyola win uh, my freshman year was definitely priced to one of my most memorable wins. Um, you know, smaller arena, but there there was a you know, packed five, five, six thousand that, you know, right on top of you. And that, that was a fun one for sure. So with uh, obviously the local bias, what about in high school going through the CIML? Was there one gym that you liked uh, go on the road? Yeah. Environment wise was definitely Valley just having the, you know, the rivalry a little bit, but uh, favorite gym uh, had to be uh, Marshalltown's, uh, you know, oh, the roundhouse. Yeah. yeah. They tended to shoot pretty well. So I, I didn't mind that one. 
yeah I, I love i love when people have answers that are off where they're like well no because i shoot really well in that gym you're like oh okay you know i i thought you would say uh fog allen but no i guess not. No, <laughs> that's good um is there a must-have artist or song on your playlist anything country zach bryan uh you know uh luke combs i all of it i will say garrett introduced me to a new style of country uh it's it, it's different the the cody jinx paul coffins of the world he, he he's a big uh original country guy so I, i've i've began to I, we find the happy medium with zach bryan uh it's, it's a little more in the middle of our country styles there you go what's it going to take to get garrett on social media i mean isn't he a marketing major too i don't understand that yeah, we've been on. He actually got an Instagram this year. I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. What to tell you, uh, I might sell him out on this one. He does have a Twitter account. It's just not Garrett Sturts. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> user, I hear you there. User five six nine three or something like that. So. I love that. The good old was it KD? Now he's got these burner accounts or what? So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's funny. He's got at least keep. Probably, up probably I know he's he's the one sending me hate mail. Uh, yeah yeah right okay make sure that's not garrett over there that's none of that do you have a pre pre-game routine or superstition or anything that you got to do on game day no i'd say i'm pretty laid back on game day I, I i'm probably the only i'm the only one that stays at the gym the whole time from shoot around a game and it i i'm not even really shooting I, I mean i'll shoot after but it's um i've never really had the reason to go back for 30 minutes an hour to yeah, you know, I don't know what they do, but um, uh, you have a favorite sports movie? Yeah, this isn't going to be so rapid. Uh, man, uh, I'd say Friday Night Lights for football, Coach Carter for basketball. Um, yeah, those those are probably the main two that stick out as my favorites. That's good. Those are good. I'm I'm a little surprised, Adam. Coach Carter comes up a lot on our basketball movie when we ask that, and it is a good movie. I like that, but. Uh, that's one that uh, has jumped out a lot. We've had a lot. We had to change it off of basketball because it feels like everybody was just defaulting to Hoosiers and whether or not that was actually their favorite movie. It felt like they had to answer that, but uh, no, that's I, good. I will admit, I, I don't, I've seen Hoosiers. I cannot tell you what happened in Hoosiers. I, yeah, we were actually talking. I think my mom brought that up the other day because I think we were talking about Butler or something. I was like, yeah, isn't that where Hoosiers was filmed? And I'm like, yeah. That's awesome. I think we're talking about. I think we're talking about how, like, you know, kids, you know, may not value what Hinkle Fieldhouse has for Butler. And I was like, yeah, I mean, movie was shot there. I, yeah. (laughs) That's it's funny that you said that too, because I that was going to be my next kind of lead. I'm like, you probably. I mean, you're in that era where it's like Hoosiers, huh? Like, you know, and I I have the same conversation. Well, with my wife, but and my daughter, it's like they haven't they haven't seen it. They haven't seen these movies or two too young but um so with that though this will lead in who's the goat who's the greatest of all time mj okay because you're in that you're in the lebron era so i didn't know if which way you're gonna go oh it's it's a hot topic in the locker room uh if you if you get dj going that's a fun one um i was gonna say i feel like dj picked lebron yeah he's a huge lebron guy right huge lebron guy and when we had tank in the locker room and you got kevin durant involved it it, not as the goat but any kd KD LeBron, it it got heated in the yeah, locker. Yeah. It was some fun yeah. argument. Oh man, that's that's awesome. I could see I could see those guys too being pa- pretty passionate about it. I understand. I mean, obviously, you know, being being from Indiana, being from the Midwest, and you know, the kid from Akron, I can see them siding on that. But uh, jumping on the KD, KD is a good one too. That uh, KD's got to be the the greatest plug and play player of all time. Like you could put KD on any team and he could be good, right? Yeah, when you when you can score like that, I, I think anybody would take him. So yeah, like I mean, obviously showing it as he's kind of moved around teams and just continues to dominate because he doesn't. He's so efficient too. He doesn't need the ball. He can just he can just score whenever, whenever you need a basket, go to him. So no, that's awesome. That's good to be a fly in the wall to listen to to some of those arguments would be would be worth it. All right, so favorite hoop shoe, favorite basketball shoe of all time? Uh, hopefully, I'm allowed to say a Nike, uh, Kobe's. Um, you know, kind of the throwback Kobe's. That's why I wore most of high school. Um, you know, and had all sorts of colorways for that. In high school, I was a big guy and just I wore all sorts of different sneakers. Probably one for every game my senior year. But um, as I got to college, I realized comfort is 
more important than style. So I, uh, I, I stick with one shoe for most of the time and they happen to be pink this year, which I, I played well in the, uh, the MTE down in the Virgin Islands. So they stuck around for the rest that rest of the year, I guess I got to say those because those probably some of my best games in those. Yeah, it's it's funny that you you made that connection because again, going back to getting a little bit older, man, Adam and I, we talk about it. It's like I switch shoes all the time, but now it's got to be the right shoe. It's got to be a comfortable one. You know, it's like have a have a different shoe for practice. I, I in college, I wore the same shoe every day for practice, and then usually for the season, had the same game shoe, but would mix them up every once in a while. But that. The Jordan 17s, man, were mm-hmm. my practice shoe. I wore those every day. I couldn't even tell you what they're called. They're, they're, I just know they're comfortable and they, they're pink. So uh, those aren't going to make it another year, though. So you might be in the market, right, to see what the see what the deal is or what? Yeah, I'll just have to find that same shoe in a different colorway. I actually, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I do have five or six colorways in that shoe. And I, I think I've probably broke them out a little, little bit in games, but just got to be that same shoe. Those yep. are the comfortable ones. Yep, stick with what works, man. That's for sure. All right, we talked a little bit about golf. What's uh, what's your favorite golf course in Iowa? Uh, the Harvester. Uh, yeah, and, um, and I'm a big fan of Glen Oaks. I, I played Des Moines golf probably the most, which great course. Um, you know, when you play it every day, though, you know, you like to branch out and play play other ones. But yeah, th- those three. Well, that's a really and TCI great- TCI TCI is the hidden gem. It is. TCI is a good course too. Your, your game's got to be tuned. Uh, you go up there too. Otherwise it could, uh, it gets squirrely pretty quickly um, up yeah. at TCI. But uh, yeah, the one golf's hard to beat just from a condition standpoint, you go out there, you never get a bad lie. Uh, this course is just immaculate. Mm-hmm. Glen Oaks is fun though. As you mentioned, like that's one of the, I think probably the funnest, like just the holes, like it's just, it's a little more fun. That course gets yeah. beat up a little bit more than the one golf, but uh yeah, those three are on, and I haven't been to Harvester, so you got me beat there. That's uh, if those are your three top courses, then uh, you, then you're living right. Best pizza in Iowa? I don't even know if it's necessarily just or pizza, but the, kind of the OG, the the other place. Um, yeah. You know, I whenever we'd go uh, when we were younger up to Cedar Falls, you know, we'd always get to other place, and then I found out we lived by one. I was, I think that might have been my the most excited reason to come to Des Moines um because we didn't have that in Nebraska but you know their their chicken tenders and, and honey mustard is the go-to but I, I their pizza is good too so I'd say that yeah the OP man that's Adam that's right up that's Cedar Falls love right there man you're you guys are all yeah. over that so what about uh so what about spot to spot to eat uh, you know, maybe closer to campus. Obviously, Adam and I are, are well versed with campus, but if someone's listening, coming to town and catch a Drake game uh, this coming year, where would you suggest uh, you you run them out to, or where where should they stop before they head over to the Nap Center? We we hit up Lucky Horse uh, quite a bit. Um, Fernando's, uh, it's a kind of more little authentic uh, Mexican, and ha- Habaneros is a another Mexican spot. Um, we hit up quite a bit. That's you know right by campus. There's a lot, of, a lot of good food spots here, though. There is. Yeah, we, those are good. We, we do, we do, do a pretty good job of branching out and hitting a bunch of different spots. Oh, I, I believe that. If you guys, if you guys hit the local establishments around there, like you do all the sporting events, and uh, they're on campus, and <laughs> I know, you, I know, you guys are, you guys are making it around. So, um, all right. So, last, last two questions. We've alluded to it, but I guess we haven't asked you. What's, what's the best? It may be the biggest, let's call it challenge about playing for your dad. Losing sucks. Um, uh, yeah, losing sucks. Um, and I, I, we haven't had any issue, but, you know, just balancing, you know, the father, son, um, you have, you know, just other teammates, which we, we actually have had no issue. We've had, you know, fortunate enough to have great teammates, but a lot of people could say why that's an issue. So you, but I feel like everybody around us and us have done a good job of, you know, kind of balancing it out. And he yells at me enough that I think it's known. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. All right. Well, uh, Tucker, we'll get you out of here with this one then. Um, Obviously there's a lot of things that went into you becoming a Drake Bulldog, you know, your dad wanting to be close to home and family and have an opportunity to have everybody come and watch you play. But what would you say is the best thing about having the opportunity to be a Drake Bulldog? 
I'd say kind of with a smaller market, smaller community, you, you know, you really feel, you know, the passion from the community and you can feel the fan base, um, especially as, as the program's kind of taken off, you know, you can feel a lot of people, you know, kind of circling around um, Drake basketball and just being a part of that and knowing that um, you're able to impact so many people and, um, especially, you know, kids in, in this uh, community and how, how, how they look up to um, us as a team and, um, you know, just kind of being that influence for them and, you know, just having that, you know, the fan base and community around us. And I think you really saw it, won the conference tournament. I think, you know, that Sunday, I think I, you know, I had hundreds of texts from people that, um, you know, just congratulating and, you know, people that didn't really need to do that but went out of their way to you know watch us play and you know then in the NCAA tournament it felt like a lot of Des Moines you know just kind of stopped to take it in and watch both um, both us and the women you know take in the NCAA tournament and um, it, it was cool to see you know the community come around us. Yeah I know it's a hashtag but it's a real thing man I mean the DSM hometown team is the Drake Bulldogs and you know like you said both you um, you know on the men's side and the women's side have really continued to raise the bar and make the community excited and make it fun for families and fans to come out and watch you guys play and you know your guys' ability to give back and uh, you know the event that you guys do downtown the beginning to kind of kick off the season is a lot of fun and it's been a great turnout and so it's been it's been fun to watch the programs both programs continue to grow and continue to make their mark here on this great community and so we wish you the best of luck we appreciate you taking some time we're excited to see what the off season looks like for you I know you guys will be doing some camps and um, all that stuff throughout the summer as you guys continue to work on your game as well and uh, really excited to see what that junior that junior campaign looks like for you, Tucker, and uh, best of luck with everything. Yeah, thank you guys. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on here. I got shooters touch. Can't nobody ball like me.